Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board, super stoked for tonight's guest. We tried to get her on before the pandemic, and that seems like it could have been five, ten years ago now. It seems so long. But, um, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was we were so unsure of, like, what the information was. We were unsure of, like, how we should behave, how we should think, because we were all very much in the dark. There wasn't even a vaccine yet, you know. Um, today is... Thursday, November the 4th, and I just got my booster shot in my left arm, and that's something we'll talk about tonight with uh, our guest, but she's somebody who, uh, you know, came, I guess, into my life very happily uh, because he, we always wanted, I have always, I've always wanted Ian to find somebody, you know, I've always wanted Ian Reed, and for those out there who don't know Ian Reed, then just hit pause or stop, just get off now, but um <laughs> He found uh, the love of his life, and I'm very um, stoked that, um, you know, you guys found happiness together, and then hopefully um, peace and peace we can find tonight by getting all the information out into one place so people can understand what's going on behind closed doors. With that being said, please welcome to the show, Mrs. Kara Reed. How are you? I'm good, Bob. Thanks for having me. So what do you think the most frustrating thing is in today's world with... Um, the war of the anti-vax versus vax people like why what like, did you ever foresee this happening uh that's a loaded question but i mean yes it's yeah. unfortunately been something that i mean honestly has been around since the beginning of vaccination um you've always there's always going to be a group of people that are going to be against it no matter how much information is out there no matter what conspiracy theory is going around at a certain time or, you know, it's a uh, fear of the unknown, fear of new things. Um, I think that's always going to be an issue. Um, and mm -hmm. I think one of the first things when I, when COVID happened, I was still working at the health department um, and doing my role there. And that was one of the first things we said, like our biggest issue is, well, it is controlling this, mitigating um, COVID, but our biggest issue is going to be fighting anti-vaxxers. Well, we called it uh, vaccine-hesitant people at the time. Uh, that's such a, that's a, such a more um, easier terminology to use. Vaccine-hesitant people sounds so much friendlier than anti-vax. Um, so tell, right, every, yeah. tell everybody, um, to tell the listeners what you do for a living. So um, my, I have a background in epidemiology, So, um, which feels like wasn't a household name until COVID happened. Um, but basically the long and short of it is it's the study of disease in a population and how it affects our communities. Um, but I was working at the uh, Philadelphia Health Department for almost, almost four years. And uh, my role there was disease surveillance. Um, and I particularly worked with uh, vaccine preventable diseases, uh, but all kind of acute communicable diseases as well. Um, so I have a fascination with disease. It's kind of a weird fascination. I think they're really cool. And if you get me going on some of them, uh, some people will be like, well, that's, that's really weird, but <laughs> glad you're in. No, you're, you're in good hands because, um, <laughs> let me think. Uh, so it was the movie outbreak that came out with Morgan Freeman and Dustin mm -hmm. Hoffman. And I was like, oh, wow, this is more scarier than anything on television because this really could happen, you know? And yeah. I just rewatched Contagion the other night. It's on Hulu or something like that. And, you know, oh, it, I haven't it is watched true. that in a while. I'll have to go back it's, and watch it. It's so, I mean, like, it, I mean, there's imagery within the first five minutes of like um, somebody being sick in like one of those like, you know, markets. And it's like, oh my God, dude, like, this happened right. so long ago. But yeah, disease is fascinating. It is fascinating how it can like affect an entire 
you know, like population or, you know, I mean, there was, you know, sorry. I mean, I was teaching when the swine flu came out and I was really scared, but then I wasn't really educated so much about like, like when these diseases came out, I wasn't really educated about my immune system. Like we had health class in school. We had, you know, uh, the presidential physical fitness tests, but we never really had classes to talk about like, you know, how you can like take care of your body per se, you know, like they were always like, oh yeah, drink your milk. And then it turns out, Mm -hmm. no, milk is not good for you. You know, like, yeah, they just shove dare in your face and drink milk. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, just that's it. You have no choice. You gotta, you gotta drink milk and you gotta like, you gotta keep, keep at it. Otherwise you're going to be, you know, at a loss. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's weird how people are reluctant to follow the herd, but really that's all they're doing anyway is following other herds or like other collective mindsets of people. They're not really making an individual, um, you know, statement they're following people. And it's, it's, I mean, to each their their own though. And it sucks that some friendships and some like uh, even family ties have been broken because of the way people, um, you know, perceive how COVID affects their families, you know? Oh, I mean, definitely. It's crazy, yeah. right? It's nuts. I mean, like they shut down the world's economy. I mean, mm-hmm. is that enough proof that like something had happened? Like for some, it's not, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I think at this point in the game, like I I'd be shocked to find one person who doesn't know another person who's had severe COVID or lost a loved one because of it, or you know, it's been heavily impacted with it. I'd be shocked if someone was like no i this hasn't messed up my life at all <laughs> um, i know right some people too could be like superficial like yeah my my plans got canceled or something you know and you're like oh whatever right. or i couldn't get in because i didn't have the vaccine card i've always said though here on the the show that they really need to do a better job of producing better vaccine cards <laughs> because there's such yeah <laughs> like i get the booster shot today i'm feeling fine you know my arm kind of hurts a little bit but not really we went like we went to this like um my wife has um the inside tips of where to get the booster shots i guess and her aunt mary told us about this place right and uh we roll up and immediately i start to bug out because i'm like i'm not getting no booster shot here this looks you know but it, it, it was like a 1950s style like old school pharmacy that still exists i won't say okay. its name so that way people you know like, but like you know we, we go in and then like i know right away like oh this guy's been here for you know a long time i swear he did this trick with the needle he gave me the like the circular like i don't have the band-aid anymore but it was like a circular bandage first and in the middle of that band-aid was a circle and it had like this like thing and he put the needle through it so the band-aid mm. goes on first then the needle afterwards and for some reason it was like that this weird very weird effect and he's like oh it's my method and i was like it works dude because it made me think it was over before it began and like it's a good way to get somebody i guess to not um stress the what is it the deltoid muscle or whatever that uh well i wonder if it's similar they have those things for kids that i forget what it's called like something bumblebee that you wrap on a kid's arm and it just vibrates lightly but then kids don't feel the vaccine at all what, so what, what are your thoughts about the vaccine? Sorry about that. I guess that's yeah, a little feedback no. we have. Um, so what, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think that it's safe for kids ages five and up? Yeah, absolutely. And um, CDC, like their advisory committee and immunization practices, they just voted 14 to zero. So 14 of the like experts across, you know, 
the U.S. have voted that 14 to zero, it's safe for children. Uh, five to, you know, five to 11 was the most recent group um, for Pfizer. So things for Moderna and J&J, they'll continue to go on, but they have, um, there's no severe adverse, it's very, very rare. It's the similar profile as, you know, the, what we're seeing in adults as well. Um, and then they're also, it's a smaller dose, obviously, for the younger kids, different weights. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, you know, they have similar effects like you and I. I don't know. Some My husband didn't have anything happen. I got some chills, some body aches, but I, I felt better the next day. Um, you, you had it immediately after? I got it. I think I got it like my second dose at like 10 a.m., by 11 p.m. that night, I felt like I was hit by a truck, but I Same slept for him. eight, nine hours, out cold, woke up the next morning, and I was fine. Um, so yeah. it, that's the first time my body's done that with any vaccine, and I feel like I've had them all. So, um, But yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see if kids get that same sort of localized sort of reaction or not, but really what they're seeing, I mean, and this has been tested for months and months now. On, on this age group and they're not hmm. seeing any major things that are coming out of the woodwork on it. So Tyler got it in the summer and um, he was just malazed out and like super tired. And then, you know, we were talking like, you know, like his antibodies and stuff like that now. And just the whole, like, you know, where everyone like sounds like a scientist now, you know, <laughs> talking about know, antibodies right? and like, you know, and like their own like closet medicine RX as to like what they think they should throw at it. And, you know, it's, it, I just, I, I think that like eventually it'll become, what do they call it when it becomes, um, you know, just part of the population of diseases? It, it's a terminology for it. It's just um, like a seasonal disease or, I mean, yeah, I mean, technically, right. It will be around like chicken pox and, shingles yeah i don't think it's going anywhere it's, it's here to stay you hear some crazy i got shingles when i was like 15 years old hmm. and it's rare, but yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it was uh, on there like i don't think i've ever mentioned this here on the show but like i came home from school once and i was like oh i must have fallen down and, like scraped did i go skateboarding today like why do i have this like huge scrape on my my belly and then like i was like what is this dude and like I couldn't believe it. And like when they say that shingles is the worst pain, it was the worst pain. It felt like all of Ian's little knives like jabbed into me at once, you know, <laughs> like just painful and just, oh God. But like, um, yeah, people like, you know, they don't think that that's a thing. That's a thing. And I got it and it sucked. Yeah, I've heard it. I haven't had it, but I've heard it's very, very painful. Oh, I'll never I know forget people it. that have gotten it. Yeah. And then like, there's like um, fever dreams with it too. And like, just like, strange things it, it, it's so wild though like that your body you know when it doesn't like something it's just like nah let's get rid of this you know like yeah it's weird yeah and it's scary to, to get rid of it people um i mean we're our generations are a little bit more fortunate we've had more vaccines and we haven't had to deal with like things that our parents generation had to deal with like measles or you know, I think people forget how severe those things are. And it's hard mm -hmm. enough watching your kid have a, a cold, you know, and a fever and like terrifying. So I can't imagine having, you know, there was when diphtheria used to kill, you know, you would probably kill four of your eight kids, you know, it's scary or they wouldn't make it to the age 10. It's, it's wow. terrifying and a horrible death. You know, you die you can't breathe. You've just got a film over your throat. It's 
we are fortunate enough that those childhood diseases are really not a risk anymore, at least in the U.S. Um, you know, Another place in the world, yeah. a lot of inequities in this world, for sure. One um, time when Tyler was like, I think he was, uh, God, he must have been 16, 17 months old or something like that. He got this like terrible fever. And we were like bugging out, like, what the, like, what are we going to do? And like, you know, we wanted to take him to um, a pediatrician emergency room and they had it in Bryn Mawr. So like I jumped on like the highway and I was driving like, you know, there's like a rainstorm. My heart was like pounding, man. Like, oh my God, I got to get my son there. And then we get there and like, like, oh yeah, he just needs a suppository of Motrin. He'll be good. And it's like, that's all he needed. But we didn't know, you know, we didn't know, right. but like those moments of not knowing are the worst. And it's, um, right. And yeah. it's terrifying. Those moments can change very quickly and, you know, you don't want to be on the other side of it, especially no, you, kids I, that young. I know so. it's, it's, it's very scary. I can't believe yeah. that my son like uh, is five now and like he's in kindergarten. Like when they say it goes fast, it definitely goes fast. It's not like some saying or some shirt. Um, that is true. What is not true though is like, say for instance, like he's playing games and like some adult will be like, oh, he'll sleep good tonight. And it's like, nah, that shit does not happen. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that is a wide, like that was back in the day when there wasn't like, you know, media and screens and LED lights. You know what I mean? Like, right. It doesn't exist. But <laughs> So tell me, like, of all the diseases out there, like, you know, before COVID, obviously, like, what was the one when you were studying where it just, its principles, like, it's, you know, how it, like, how did it affect you and, like, and why, like, which one? Um, that's a hard question, too, because there's so many that I'm fascinated with. Um, I think, well, just to backtrack a little bit, I guess, um, I was a weird kid, a weird, nerdy kid who was like a germaphobe about everything and um, even before really understanding stuff. And I think actually, I mean, you mentioned Outbreak. Um, I ended up reading a, a book by Richard Preston. It wasn't Outbreak. It was a, um, another one of his, now I'm mm -hmm. forgetting the name of it, but similar concept. It was like about this outbreak that happened in New York City and, you know, ends up wiping out like half the city. And it's really terrifying and awful. Um, and for some reason, I was glued to that. And um, then it, it started this like chain reaction. I was just obsessed with reading these nerdy science books about these, these really lethal viruses. Was, um, was the book called? Uh, it was the, like snake something. It was. Um, the demon in the freezer? Not demon in the freezer. Um, Panic in level four. That's no. Um, Crisis in the red zone. Even. Ebola, um, something to do with a snake, I think. Oh, the hot um, zone. Not the hot zone. That oh, the cobra event. Cobra event, yes. I was going to say, I have it on my bookshelf back here. Um, yeah, that's, it's kind of, it's insane. Um, and at the time, I'm like, this is unrealistic, but that's really what got me into epidemiology and studying disease. Um, so I tend, I was holding on to those, you know, crazy ones like Ebola and, you know, the ones that are really lethal and scary and, you know, you're bleeding out all of your orifices and um, it's terrifying, but really um, those ones are probably not ones that you need to worry about every day. It's going to be yeah. your, your flu or COVID. Um, you know, these respiratory viruses are, they change history. 
you know, the 1918 flu epidemic that everyone talks about, Spanish flu, I mean, it changed the course of history. The, you look back, bubonic plague changed the course of history. It's um, without those diseases, I don't think we would have like made it to certain things that we did. I think, um, and I think they're going to continue to shape our lives. You know, when this is, unfortunately, people that are into this, you, we knew this was coming in a sense, you know, the next pandemic was, it was bound to happen in the next year or so. And I remember putting an, uh, a post up, it was like, I think New Year's mm -hmm. of 2020, which I regret now, I should probably delete that post. I was watching Pandemic on Netflix and I wrote, oh, it's just a matter of time, the next one's coming and really didn't even think about it. I was kind of following the virus in Wuhan, but you know, the health department were kind of joking, this is just gonna be another Zika. This is, you know, not that Zika is not anything to worry about, it is, mm -hmm. but it was, you know, we'll we'll get through this, you know, we deal with MERS and all the time, you know, we'll be fine. And uh, we were very, very wrong, but, um, and, yeah, we really uh, <laughs> it was like everyone was just like, I oh, will be fine. We'll be fine. Everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be good. And then it wasn't. And then people were like, what do you mean? We can't go outside. And like, our, you know, somehow like our rights got into it. And which it's crazy mm -hmm. because if you think about like a virus or, you know, um, you know, down to it's like, you know, like core, it has no politics. It has no uh, religious agenda or political agenda. You know, it's like, just wants you're that next dead. host. <laughs> you're just dead. Yeah, you're dead. Yep. What was the one movie I really liked? It was um, God, it was about the host type thing. There's so many movies where like they joked around with it, and then you're like, oh shit. Watch Contagion again, though, for real though, because it really does. Yeah. Like the first ten minutes, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, but it's been a while, but I did enjoy that movie. But I have to say, I mean, I know it's a dramatization, mm -hmm. but I watch those things, and it's it's Ian won't watch movies with me for this reason. But I sit there and go this one woman is in charge of this all like <laughs> you know they, they portray her as this one woman band and i'm like no yeah. there are thousands of people working on this she's not um, wearing a mask she wonders why she catches it you know yeah so like she's setting up this massive arena for hospital beds and you're like what <laughs> So I like the outbreak outbreak better because they had to find that monkey you know when they found the monkey and like they were in the backyard and like you know like the host that was a good lesson for like me because I think I must have been like 12 or something when I came out and like I was like oh science has something to do with other than just you know dissecting a frog you know um yeah that's lately based on a true story those are true events oh yeah way. true yeah I mean I can't <laughs> yeah. only imagine like some of the ones that like we don't know about because like we live a very privileged life here in America and then like in other places of the world where the disease can run rampant like in the matter of like a couple days it's yeah. crazy really i mean like Played that will, towns. it will be what takes out like you know like the extinction event i think the world's population is so big now that like yeah like something like this if it's going to happen if this has already happened and i think that this yeah like you remember how in the beginning they're like they're like it's um they're like it's related towards the the 4g or the 5g what was it remember <laughs> the 5g towers well, i don't think i don't necessarily think it was related towards the 5g towers but it is related towards the fact that we got so big that technology took over our lives and at the same time they started opening up these you know if it is true to the leak in the lab we start making these places because our technology had grown to such a place 
we were, we were able to study the viruses and stuff like that at such a tremendous level that then we like overextended our karma welcome. And, you know, like, I do believe yeah. it leaked from the lab. I mean, like, of course, they're not going to tell you that. They didn't tell us about the aliens until <laughs> a couple like months ago. <laughs> but I mean, like. When you think about know. humans, too, like there are safety protocols, there are all these things in place, but also there's always human error. You know, I'm not going to blame that completely because I do mm -hmm. think there's a lot of environmental factors that are always going to bring about the next pandemic as well. You know, there's more people, we invade wildlife, we get closer to nature. There's always going to be that interaction between humans and nature and nature is always going to win no matter what. So <laughs> there's like, you know, there's people that study this every day and, you know, what diseases are probably going to jump species next? You know, it's it's terrifying. Um, <laughs> so. it is really, it's really crazy too, that like the whole notion of um, like when the species connect. Like I remember like thinking in the beginning of the pandemic, like if it is because like, you know, a bat or a pig like interacted, like, you know, digested fecal matter from another one and got sick. It's so crazy that like, you know, there's so many different creatures on earth with different systems in play. And if they interact, it's like kind of like making like the wrong cocktail or like the wrong, yeah. like uh, the wrong, like recipe. And it comes out like tasting like shit. And everyone's like, why does it yeah. taste like shit? It's because you didn't put the right one in or like, <laughs> it, it will be something to be said though. Like when that does happen and there is, I mean, we were lucky this time. We were really lucky that, you know, the, the population, you know, was affected, but not at such a grand scale, like, you know, the Cobra event. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even, I don't know if I can compare it to that because like, the Cobra event does die out, but. Well, I mean, this I will know. die out though, right? It, I hope. Um, like, well, it's not, it's not always going to be to the extent that we saw last fall that feels like you said five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but like, when you start looking at the numbers on a scale, I mean, there's, I think they released it today, over 750,000 people have died from this. And, you know, people are talking about being short staffed everywhere. And there are a number of reasons that that happens, but we've lost a lot of people. And, yep. you know, there are 140,000 kids in the US now without a primary or secondary caregiver, kind of terrifying. Um, but to some, it's okay. They're like, ah, it's not me. It doesn't matter. And like, you know, that's the weird part. It didn't happen to me. I'm like wiping my hands off. Yeah, it's it, not know? my, it's not my neighbor. It's not me. It doesn't, it's not my peripheral. It doesn't matter. And that's a shame, you know? It's yeah, a shame because I mean, like, that was something too, like I just didn't foresee at all during the pandemic. It was just like, wow, people yeah. really don't care about each other. You know, we, I mean, like all the, like the lore of like, uh like post 9 11 when the nation came together like you didn't really care about your neighbors if you if you did like during the pandemic when people were dying you would have you know i, I just, it made no sense to me i mean like i get why some people want to hold on to their uh i don't know religious exemptions or their political like ideologies but i mean yeah i, I mean it's you remember weird. the chaos yeah. of people going into grocery stores and coughing on the fruit and stuff yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, like that's nuts. So, so like, what is that though at the core though? It's not necessarily, in my opinion, it is people acting out through, like the uh, the pandemic. It's more at a, like a deeper subconscious 
<laughs> like evil core level of human being right yeah, there that wants like some evil, people that want yeah. to hurt other people not just physically but their feelings or like their um their spirits they like to bring them down and then like i don't know it's weird like those videos of the, the, of evil chaos of the yeah. it's a shame too the karen name too like you know like god mm-hmm. like sucks you know like but i mean like people in stores performing these um I don't even know how to like it, it's wild it is too crazy that like you know do you think eventually like everything will cancel itself out like it's just everyone was like forget it we can't do anything no more like throw away your phones I think, <laughs> I think we'll start to like just adapt I don't know I think it'll just be like the next step that we just everything changes but we don't really know it because we're living it Here's and a good then, question. I, yeah. I got one for you. What does Ian think of the metaverse? It's Zuckerberg's metaverse. <laughs> you know, he hasn't said much about it. And I think he's off <laughs> Facebook now. So I don't know. If, well, sorry, metaverse. I don't know. So I don't know. Yeah, but he's a, he's an Instagram. So technically he's part of the metaverse. Well, he's in yeah, there. That's true. There's no yeah, difference. He hasn't really said anything about it. I'm surprised. I didn't even know what it was until I saw like, you know, people posting like funny pictures about it. But I mean... <laughs> I mean, I guess it's inevitable people will want to um, engage in their environment. It will be interesting to know for the theme of our conversation, you know, like the neural links and stuff like that to imagine like be sitting at dinner and like consuming something during the course of your, you know, five, five course meal that automatically triggers something in your brain that says, oops, you tip the scale. You're now in danger of having a stroke. And like, you can like monitor, like, you know, like on your like wrist, like your health. I would like to do that personally. Um, I don't think there. If there's anti-vaxxers, there's going to be definitely anti-neurolinkers. You know, like there's got to be. <laughs> yeah, what are I your mean, it's on kind that? of terrifying to put all that information out there, but we're doing it. I mean, there's no way to avoid it. You can't even if you have a cell phone. I mean, everything you do at the grocery store, everything you know, it's just it's there. I think it is in our future. I See, I'm quiet. Cool. Cool. Yeah, like we have to be cool with it. We have no choice. It's like going to Disney World and like being like, I'm not here to ride anything. I'm just here to walk around. Yeah, you know, it makes no sense yeah. at all. Like you just have to and and embrace it and get on the rides and strap in. Like it's like, yeah, we're gonna become robots. There's <laughs> nothing we can do about it. You know, like maybe that is a good thing though. If we're thinking about it now in the course of like humanity and you know extinction level events with diseases, the robots <laughs> wouldn't let this COVID thing happen. The robots, the robots definitely would have been like straight up, like, Hey, we need to close down the borders, you know, and each of the territories to see if we can eliminate this risk. That was the crazy thing to me too. It's just like, people were like, ah, let's just fly. Let's just go do it. You know, like what, when like some deeper issues politically that shouldn't have been happening at that time that I think there were a lot of mistakes made. And I think we could have had a better, I mean, it's easy to look back and say we could have had a better outcome, but I mean, what we if we had a robot president, know, know, but. robot <laughs> president wouldn't have allowed this to happen because the robot president would have known the consequences and the risk and the value of reward and mm-hmm. have been like, no, we can't, we can't allow this, you know, like, yeah. um, but instead they were like, oh, we're going to shut down the schools. We're going to shut down all this and everything's going to go into the economy, drink your hole. And, you know, there, there had to be a better choice early on. Mm-hmm. I, I knew about it at my 40th birthday party that night. It was the back of my mind just being like, what's going on in Wuhan? All because mm-hmm. of Joe Rogan and just his curiosity. 
and, and like mm-hmm. him being like there's something going on over there and then like the news would be like people are dead no big deal not coming our way and it's just like yeah it was scary <laughs> yeah it, and that kind of happens all the time like i remember like uh you remember like when um paris was under attack people were like you know like putting up the paris signs and so, these mm-hmm. are also the same people who probably are mad because they're not being told what to do and stuff like that. Look, yeah. I personally like wearing a mask. I really do. <laughs> I was thinking I about it today. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this like um, cloak that I wear. <laughs> and also like I was walking outside today and it's cold and it's like, man, my face is warm. Yeah, it warms your nose. <laughs> why, why was I never yeah. wearing a mask? <laughs> like up until yeah, this point That's something I'm definitely going to keep doing after this blows down. Yeah, I mean, um, like, that is a cool thing, though, because it's like, you know, like, knock on wood, like, my respiratory, you know, I, I haven't gotten sick, really, since wearing the mask, like, the traditional colds and stuff. Right. Um, But, yeah, it is, Um, I enjoy it, and I, I enjoy its fashion. <laughs> yeah. And, that, you, and sometimes in the morning, like, now I don't have to smile at anybody, you know? <laughs> yeah. Get on the yeah. train. And that's another thing, like, <laughs> I'm about to um, embark on a new... um job that i'm not ready to yet announce here on the on the show but i was thinking today like wow this is like the, the the first job that i've had since the pandemic that will require me and mandate me to wear a mask all day and i was like wow that's that's kind of cool like i don't have to like shave all the time and like <laughs> worry about like you know weird whisper hairs right it's just fun like and then like also too like the idea that i'm going to express myself through my eyes is i don't know i I enjoy that i think it's it's fun i enjoy communicating with strangers with my eyes like like, (laughs) letting them know what's going on you know yeah and it'll be uh, weird though it's like i started a job in september of 2020 mm -hmm. so at temple um and i look like i've never seen people i mean occasionally they've put down their mask or whatever but i started that job and i've really never seen anyone's faces so it's it's kind yeah. of weird being in a you know and i work in a clinic so um they have it on all the time so it, it's weird i wonder if i'll ever really get to like i only know people by their eyes so <laughs> when do you think that a mask mandate could be lifted um i think we have a long road for that i mean in the summer i felt it was definitely too soon I think a lot of that, again, the administration trying to be like, everything's hunky-dory, but really people hadn't had the vaccine yet. I think people were too eager to go back to quote unquote normal. And, and then we got Delta. And I just think we really need to hunker down for a while with masks, even though we have, I mean, this area of Southeast Pennsylvania has great vaccine coverage and you know, you're probably at lower risk here than you are in central Pennsylvania, but overall the numbers in Pennsylvania are going up. So it's, you know, I think we still need to really hold on to that masking, if anything. Um, at least, you know, all our kids are back in school now for the most part. And they well, now they're hopefully going to have access to the vaccine, um, five to 11. That's mm-hmm. a big chunk of help. Um, but, you know, I think until we, help with these vaccine inequities and people are given the same protection we have to keep wearing the mask that's my opinion <laughs> i get uh dirty looks from sometimes from people when i'm wearing a mask in a public place you know mm-hmm. and it's fun i enjoy it uh, like i, I get connect eyes with them and i just stare at them <laughs> you know they kind of make the face like uh-huh 
I hear mm-hmm. you. I see you, buddy. You're a little upset at me, huh? You upset yeah. that I'm wearing a mask? Huh? Like it's it's crazy, like that, right? That whole hostility over um, a piece of cloth, like um, it's nuts. And like, and the fact is, people are dying. You know, right? Like people die from this. You know, um, and you know, it's 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 also too. It's like you know, people also die from you know um, other things too as well. And it's like. People just don't, it's weird how people don't care. They just don't, you know? Yeah. Like, um, until it's someone they love. Until it's somebody <laughs> yeah. they love. And it's like, oh, you're not getting the whole picture here, you know? Like, things like, um, like Parkinson's disease and stuff like that. Like, with like, um, Michael J. Fox and his organization, him trying to raise money and stuff like that. Like, I remember as a kid, like, when he had, like announced that, like, he had that and he couldn't do stuff no more, like, I was devastated. I was just like, this sucks, yeah. dude. Like, and like, you know, the fact that like, there's not money being put into that, that could really change it, you know, and like weighing mm-hmm. other diseases against other ones, you know what I mean? Like, it's like weighing human, human life. And it's just like, uh, there's things in life you can compare, but like, I don't think anybody's, you know, yeah, suffering. As there are so many them. things that don't get the attention they deserve. And, you know, they're, I mean, you look at the HIV crisis, how that was handled is just another one of unfortunately i think covid mirrored that a lot in a in a way like different top like different um scenarios but it did there was a lot of um politi- it was a political nightmare and a lot of people blaming certain people and you know well let's different. be honest about it i mean like they were like when the hiv virus spread and came into new york city and stuff like that in america america was saying and the news media was reporting that this was a disease that was taking out homosexual men i believe that the name for aids or hiv was grid. Had, had, what was it grid yeah which stood for uh gay related immunodeficiency exactly right so um yeah okay like there's another classic example of been like ah not me <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah. but like regardless the the culture of like people being like oh that only happens for the gays and then like you know the harsh reality that it seeps up upon them when you know they get it from mm-hmm. sharing a dirty needle or something like that yeah and then the denial you know um mm-hmm. that movie with mcconaughey was really good with, um dallas buyers club oh yeah dallas buyers club that was, was a good a, one it was a good um character arc you know like and it wasn't done in a way that was yeah. like you know it, it was good because it that I remember reading about, I found out mostly about like, you know, um, like just this one book, I can't recall, my assistant's gone, quit. But like this <laughs> whole thing about patient zero in New York City, it fascinated me. And like, um, I forget the gentleman's name, but they like actually released the guy's name and yep. said that he was the one that came over. I yep. believe he was a flight attendant, correct? Like he, yeah, he steward it. Yeah. And he came mm-hmm. over and they wrongfully accused this guy of being patient zero and like going to clubs yep. in New York city and spreading it. And here it turned out it just wasn't him. It was like this guy who mislabeled it or no, he, he, there was a bunch of patients I believe that were tested. Yeah. He like, was actually patient. O. yeah. He's patient. Oh, that's it, it. yeah. That's it. So that's they it. To- yeah. took it as patient zero. Exactly. Yeah. So this guy's life was like, imagine like being like accused. Like I always thought this would be like a, Maybe I should just start writing this, but there's got to be somebody that's trying to turn this into a story. But it's fascinating, really, though. It's like 
this guy was blamed for something as her- mm-hmm. horrific as you know the HIV virus. I believe he yeah. did eventually wind up committing suicide. Yeah, I'm not really sure. It's all so I mean. sad. But yeah, yeah, the whole way that they were like, look, this virus is, you know, or like, you know, HIV virus leads to AIDS and, and then like the disease and like the death and the way that the media reported it, especially like being like, I think I was like five or six. It always seemed to me that it was nefarious, you know, like um, mm-hmm. the news media really referred to it in a way that was still, you know, indicative of like being related towards just one you know culture or you know like uh sexual preference and it's like what what <laughs> you know like, right it's happened yeah. again like it, and then like very similar like you said with covid people were so quick to blame everyone from china and then there was the yep. you know the hatred on chinese people and just yeah terrible. i will tell you um I can't give specifics, but when I, mm-hmm. at the health department, I would have to answer questions from the public. That was part of our job. And I can't tell you how many calls we had that were just like, I straight up just started hanging up on people because I would end the day in tears because I would have people calling me. I ate at a Chinese restaurant last night and I know the guy in the back sneezed in my soup. What do I do? Or they would say to me, these are not my words. Let me just preface that. They would say to me, an Oriental sat next to me on the bus and mm-hmm. like call us and ask us what to do. I mean, these are real questions that I would get from the public and it's horrifying. You know, like I just, it blew my mind. I mean, we, we got a little bit of it. I mean, I started my job at the health department back when I was in college. I did a, well, a little after college, I did some work at a call center with fielding Ebola calls, which is, it was the same sort of ignorance, racism. I mean, it was awful. And I, and then in Zika, I worked at the health department here as well. And um, you would get things, but it wasn't as bad, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID, it really just hit another level of, it, it was, it was really bad. <laughs> um, there were days that I, I don't know. I, I feel like that whole year for me is a blur because of just how awful it was. Um, and this how quickly really things are changing. Yeah. The whole thing with, uh, you know, that and then George Floyd and just like the world, like, you know, yeah. coming apart at the seams, you know, and like being stuck at home and like not knowing and not even knowing yeah. there was a vaccine coming. And then the vaccine rolls around. Everyone's like, not getting it. No, not yeah. for me. <laughs> Not for me. I kind of want to stay in the basket target and I want to have trouble breathing. But, you know, that's just how some people roll. But I mean, but I will say it was pretty fascinating, though, how that's the one level of the world kind of coming together. And I mean, we had the genome sequenced for COVID-19 in a matter of weeks and shared across the U or the world, not the U.S., like the world. I mean, that's pretty fascinating that that is just that was able to happen sorry my dog is getting into something that's all right so what what happens when they they have that information they have that shared universally what what can they do uh just help them like develop the vaccine faster and Mm. just learn about what the virus can do and what it's capable of and um you know comparing that to the first SARS and and MERS as well um 
and what cells it's targeting. And, and I mean, I think that's the fastest, I mean, data was changing. Our, our guidance was changing every day. I would go to bed one night and wake up the next day and uh, it was, we were doing something completely different. It was wild. Um, look, I, one thing about having a dog too, is like my dog used to come into the podcast room here, jump up on me. I had to get like a whole, like this door didn't have a, like a lock that was like good. Lucy would yeah. jump on me. Um, my dog currently is like super obsessed. I mean, she's a golden retriever, but when I say obsessed with fetching the ball, <laughs> she will not let me live in this house without like the the like it, there's like i can exasperate her throw the ball and she'll come back in and then like maybe five ten minutes later she's back at it again and it's just it's yeah. <laughs> it's rough sometimes but um i want to thank you uh for finally coming on the show uh it's been yeah, a, no. a lovely podcast here talking about all things i may have to go back and watch outbreak again just because you know <laughs> i too was kind of nerdy and i was just like yeah, man, let's figure this out, you know? Like, cause it was like, these are the people who are gonna save the world. It's like Jeff yeah, Goldblum. maybe I'll watch that tonight. That's also been years since I've watched that. It's a good one. It's a really good, it especially good at the one. beginning. Um, there's like this one scene at a pet store. I remember the guy gets sick. He knocks over this like large rack of goldfish or something, but yeah. <laughs> um, we'll have to have you back on the show to talk more. Um, do me a favor, tell your husband I said hello. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Uh, my name's, me, of course, we'll have you back again to talk all things. Maybe not not, not so much thematically, uh, just COVID next time, but we can explore other themes as well. Because hopefully, maybe one day we can see, you know, beyond should, COVID. Should, beyond COVID, that should be a podcast. Yeah. Beyondcovid.com. Yes. But thanks again. My name's Bob, and this has been another episode of Bobcast. <laughs>